name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. Today, dear beloved in the Lord, we celebrate the Divine Liturgy on the fourth Sunday of the Blessed Coptic Month of Hatur. And our Gospel reading this morning came from the Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. And in this Gospel, we encounter a dialogue between our Lord Jesus Christ and a young man who was rich. The dialogue begins with the young man asking our Savior, Good Lord, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Our Lord responded to him and listed all of the commandments that lead to eternal life. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. The man then told the Lord that he had done all of these things from the time he was young. Our Lord looked upon him with great love and told him, One thing you lack, one thing you are missing. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. And not being able to give up his earthly possessions and his riches, the young man was grieved, and he left our Lord's presence sorrowfully, and he did not follow our Lord. There is a great deal that we can learn from this gospel passage, because like the rich man, our wealth, our possessions, our material desires oftentimes get in the way of our commitment to Christ. And for this reason, I propose that we meditate on this gospel passage in only three points. First of all, let us speak about the weight of this gospel passage in our lives. Every single person here in this church this morning should feel the weight of this gospel. We oftentimes ignore this story because we feel it applies only to the super wealthy or the super rich. But the reality is that this story applies to every single person in this church today. The story of the rich young man is about our Savior's encounter with a man who was humble, a man who kept all of the commandments, a man who was generally a good person. In fact, elsewhere in the Gospel, we are told that this man was such a beautiful person that Jesus loved him. And yet this very same man departed away from the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ sad and grieved and conflicted. Even though he was attracted to our Savior, he was more attracted to money and to material things. And then we hear some terrifying words from our Savior. He tells us, no one who is attracted to money and material things more than him will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And to illustrate this point, he tells us that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Every single one of us today should feel the weight of these words. We shouldn't sit here and think these words apply only to the few rich people that we have in society, the people with the expensive homes and cars and jewelry. These words don't merely apply to them. They apply to all of us because even the poor here in America 
are considered quite rich comparing to all of the people throughout the world. When we talk about being poor in this country, we are oftentimes speaking about not having health insurance or wearing secondhand clothing or not being able to get the latest technology. But throughout the rest of the world, being poor refers to the very real and tragic possibility of dying from hunger or being unable to obtain basic health care or not having a roof over your head. That's what being poor outside of America and even sometimes inside of America means. The reality, dear brothers and sisters, is that we as Americans are all filthy rich. We have homes with plumbing and running water. We have enough food to eat. We are able to protect ourselves from cold and from the heat. And this by itself is great wealth that most human beings throughout history did not have. In our hands, and I'm preaching today from a smartphone that is more advanced than many of the supercomputers of the last 20 years, We have cars that tell us where to go. We are filthy rich, dear brothers and sisters. So don't think that today's gospel has nothing to do with you because it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are in this country. Compared to others, you are wealthy because of all God has given us here in this great country. And so this reading certainly applies to each and every one of us today. And second, now that we have seen that this reading applies to all of us, let us examine what our Lord teaches about wealth and those who possess it. As Christians, we don't condemn riches or private possessions. In the Holy Scripture, we find several righteous men and women who were also very rich. For example, the righteous kings of Israel, like David and Solomon, were endowed with great wealth. In the gospel, we encounter Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who took the body of our Savior and buried it with their great resources. We also encounter the myrrh-bearing women who carried expensive spices to the tomb of our Savior. And these women, we know, financially supported our Lord through his ministry. The presence of these righteous men and women who were also wealthy in the scripture is evidence that it is possible for one to possess both a love of God and also to have wealth. But the truth is that while it is possible to have both, it's extremely rare to manage both in the right way because oftentimes it's hard for a person to have a heart that's large enough to have both God and possessions and to value, to prioritize God more than possessions. What we see, sadly, today much more commonly is greed. We oftentimes see the greed that is all around us in the consumerism, in this capitalistic system that we live in. We don't oftentimes find the wealthy investing in the long-term goal of their salvation, but we find them investing only in the short-term goal of acquiring more wealth and enjoying more possessions in the world today. And this, unfortunately, was the problem of the rich young man in today's gospel reading. To put it simply, he was a terrible investor. 
He was a terrible investor because he wanted only a short-term return from our Savior. When our Lord gave him the chance to invest in the long-term goal of eternal life and salvation, he left our Savior and went away sorrowful. He was a terrible investor. And the righteous, however, don't have this problem because whatever wealth and possessions God gives them, they place this treasure at the feet of our Savior. They buy, they sell, they invest for the sake of their salvation. The question for the righteous is not how much money they make, because there's nothing wrong with earning money, with God giving a person wealth and possessions. But the real question for the righteous is this, how much money do I keep? How much money do I give to God and to His purposes on earth? As you can see, dear brothers and sisters, the real question is one of priorities. Our Lord commands us elsewhere in the gospel, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will come after. So it's not the possession of wealth that leads to condemnation, but rather it is the abuse of wealth. And this principle is reflected beautifully in the account of the exodus of the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. You will remember before that last plague, that tenth and terrible plague, you will remember that when the Israelites were still in Egypt, God commanded them to take the gold of the Egyptians, to take the Egyptians' silver, their gold, and their clothing for themselves. God himself commanded them to take possessions. It was a commandment from God. And there was no problem in that. But the problem occurred later on when the Israelites were wandering throughout the desert in the wilderness, when they took that gold and that silver and those precious materials and they melted it down and they fashioned for themselves the golden calf and they began to worship this idol. So it wasn't having wealth that was the problem. It was taking that wealth, melting it down, and making it into an idol that they worshipped. That was the problem. And this is oftentimes our problem today. Maybe we don't take our paychecks and our material possessions and melt them down and make them into a god. But when we, for example, focus more on acquiring wealth in our careers and in investing, etc., when we focus on that more than working out our salvation, when we focus on that more than repenting and confessing our sins, coming to church, serving, attending the divine services, reading and meditating on the Holy Scriptures, acquiring virtues, and working out our long-term goal of salvation, when we do those things, then that is the problem. And so as we concede, your brothers and sisters, it is the misuse of wealth and having the wrong priorities that will oftentimes lead us to condemnation. Third and finally, let us consider how we are to properly use all of the blessings, the possessions, and the wealth that God has given us. To sum it up in one sentence, the Christian uses his wealth properly only when he places it at the feet of Christ. 
As Christians, we acknowledge that everything comes from God. All that we have, all that we hope to have, beginning with our very own lives, all of these things are gifts from God. And as a result, if God gave us a certain gift, like, for example, wealth, or for example, a particular service, the gift of learning and chanting hymns, whatever it may be, it is important for us to use that gift for the glory of God. And it's the same with our material possessions as well. Since God has blessed us with so much, we have to confess that He is the source of all of our blessings by giving Him back the things that He gave us. And to use the things that God gave us for His purposes in this world. What are God's purposes in this world? It is, for example, the maintenance of the church. It is the support of the service. It is helping the Lord's brethren, not only here in Anaheim, but throughout the world. And I want to say something about that at the end of the Divine Liturgy. It is helping the poor. It is helping families in need. It is finding whatever good we can do with this money, with these possessions that God has giving, given us, and then offering them joyfully back to God for His service in this world. If you wish to know how to use your wealth properly, then you need only look back at the readings over the past month in the church and all of the saints that we commemorated. We commemorated in the last month, for example, the holy martyr of Amina. And we remember that he was an exceedingly wealthy nobleman. And when the other noblemen heard that he was going to proclaim his Christianity before the pagan Roman emperor, the noblemen gathered together and they tried to convince him to stay quiet and to enjoy his wealth and to live a good life and just be quiet. Don't talk about your faith. Don't tell the, the emperor that you are a Christian. Just enjoy your wealth and be happy. But what did the holy martyr of Amina actually do? He went to Alexandria and he proclaimed Christ and he proclaimed Christ to the emperor as well. And ultimately he gave up all of his wealth for Christ and God blessed him that he became a great and holy martyr of the church. And his monastery has been a beacon of light to people throughout the world for centuries. We also celebrated over the past month the feast of St. John Chrysostomus, whom we spoke about last week. And we remember that he became the patriarch of Constantinople, which was the imperial city. It was the seat of the Roman emperor at that time. And as the patriarch of the imperial city, he had access to a great amount of wealth and riches. But what did he actually do? He took all of the real silver vessels of the church and he sold them. And he took the money from those sales and he used them to support the poor. And when the Empress Evdoxia, when she heard what he was doing, she was very upset and she campaigned against him and ultimately had him exiled until he gave up his soul to Christ whom he loved after having given up wealth and served and serving the poor. We also celebrated the feast of St. Gregory Thaumaturgus, who is also known as St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, one of the three Gregories that we commemorate in the Divine Liturgy. And we remember that he was born to very wealthy pagan parents. 
but he used his wealth to study Christianity under the great origin of Alexandria. And when he became a Christian, he gave up all of his wealth and he went to live in the wilderness as a hermit until he was chosen by God to be a bishop. Yet another saint who teaches us about giving up the wealth that God gives us for the sake of God. And even today, in a slightly different way, we have a beautiful icon or picture of those who give up their wealth for the sake of worshiping God. Today, the church celebrates the feast of the 24 presbyters, the holy elders in heaven who are part of the angelic beings who worship God day and night. And there is a very tiny detail that we should notice in what we read about them in the book of Revelation. We notice that they have on their heads golden crowns. But we also read in the book of Revelation that when they worship God, they take their crowns off and they throw their crowns at the feet of the Lamb of Christ seated on his throne in heaven. So even among the angelic beings, they take the things that God gave them, these golden crowns, so to speak, and they throw them at the feet of Christ. And the fact that this commemoration is, is given to us today when this gospel reading is being read reminds us that truly the way we use our possessions in this world is to throw them at the feet of Christ. And so today I want all of us to examine our lives, to examine our relationship with wealth and possessions and technology and all of the material comforts that God has given us and ask ourselves, are these things controlling my life? Do these things have mastery over me? Am I so concerned with these things that I'm neglecting my salvation? And if you sit with yourself and you're honest with yourself and you ask yourself this question and find that, yes, maybe you are a bit too preoccupied with material things, then this is the time to fix your life. This is the time to set your life right and to place your wealth at the feet of Christ. Here in the church, we have many ways in which you can do that. We have, of course, our normal uh, maintenance of the church, the fund to support the church and the mortgage, etc. We also have Beacon for Him, all of the Lord's brethren who need donations of our clothing and toys and supplies. We also have throughout the year, like the Christmas Operation Shoebox that we just completed a couple of weeks ago, we have many opportunities in this church for you to take what God has given you and give it back to Him and to those who need it. So as we continue this blessed season of the Nativity, let us remember that the use, the proper use of our wealth is to place it at the feast, at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God grant us all to live a life that is pleasing to Him and to use the blessings that He has given us for the glory of His name. To our God be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever and unto the age of all ages. Amen.